Welcome to a Delco Nerd Network Podcast. My name is Anthony Rigucci, and here with a few friends in the Delaware County area. We get in the basement when you talk about a certain topic. Today's topic is going to be games in development hell. That'll probably change because Trio has prepped a topic that I don't necessarily know a ton about. So once he reveals it, probably the name in the podcast will be different than what I'm saying Correct. now. Yeah. But as always, you know, the triple threat, Chris Trio. Gooch, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, what's new? What do you what have, what have you been playing, watching? Um, I wa- I've been watching not a lot. I did. I started that the O.J. Simpson show, the the like American the guys from that do the American Horror Story one, like the American Crime Story. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's uh, like it, it's like a season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's definitely a story I didn't know a ton about. I definitely knew peripherally, and it's always interesting to watch those like kind of more true. Did we live crime. through that. No, that was yeah, in the nine. It was in the not, I'm watching an entire documentary like, series on it, so. and I don't even. I'm like the '90s, yeah, I think. But uh, the juice. But that's been pretty interesting. I've just been going through old games right now. For the most, I platinum Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales finally. Uh, just needed to finish New Game Plus, and I was just like, I'm just gonna do this tonight, just to check that off my list. So that yeah. felt nice. Uh, otherwise, not much. You know, I've been playing Syndicate again for no reason. And I'm like really You're going through it. all like every AC game. It's just yeah, I don't. I, I saw I, him playing Unity, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Is yeah, no, I, I don't know what it is. I've just been on a kick, and it's been a lot of fun. I I do think there's so many aspects in Syndicate where I'm like, "Oh man, you should have kept these like these parts." A lot of gameplay mechanics wise, in that I love, and I thought the rope darts a lot of fun or the rope launcher, but yeah, not much else new. You know, jump back in this cyberpunk a bit. They released a kind of total shit update. That just with not... I did hear that. It, it was like they released, like, I don't know. There was a new appearance for Johnny. Oh, great. And then some bug fixes. But there's just all the quality of life stuff in there, again. It's, it's, just, still not, it's just it's not, not there. there. And, yeah. like, again, my, my the one thing that really annoys me... I don't me want that, them to add more DLC. I think they're, they're still planning on it. I'm like, just... just, just no, yeah, it. I don't... I don't. I don't want to. Well, go just back. make it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I will say I've been having fun replaying it just for for shits and giggles, and I do think there's a lot of interesting aspects of that game. But there's just like certain things of like you can't have your character look the way you want them to look. Really, like you're. It's more you're worried about. Like if you want your armor to be good, it's one of those. It's like an old thing that I feel like a lot of games have fixed now. The transmog appearance. Yeah, like it's like all right. Yeah. Well, let me make this yeah, appearance sure. like look like this, and so I can actually look cool while having right. the armor I need. But it's just, it's it is sad. Very sad, but Booch, what have you been playing? What have you been up to? Um, I've been watching Love, Death, and Robots. That's something new that I haven't talked about that I've been watching. I'm I'm like in. So, did you know the show gives you a different viewing order every time? Not every time you watch it, but like to every person who watches it. Right. Interesting. So I started with the season two episodes, and it funnels me down into season one because I like started it and I was like, what? I was like, why huh. is it starting me with season two? Because like, it just doesn't matter, right? Just, right. They're all short stories about love, death, and robots. Okay. And yeah, so I like Google it, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's cool. That's been cool. Um, I haven't like been like dredging through it, but I'm, I'm, you know, I watch like maybe like three or four at a time, and I'm like, all right. How and long then, are the episodes? Uh, ten to twenty minutes. Oh wow. See, I thought that I remember Super They're all di- different animations, different yeah. directors, different writers. Obviously, interesting. Yeah, Nolan North is in one of them. 
Oh, okay. As the main character. Interesting. And that was cool. I was like, you know, always cool to see Nolan North and things he normally isn't in. I love it. Um, I've been playing Dark Alliance uh, on stream. Del- Twitch.tv slash Dalkoner Network if you're watching Check live in out. chat right now. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been uh, streamed a little bit of that. Um, I'm towards the end of that. Uh, the Ghost of Tsushima DLC came out, which I've, I'm like not far into, so I like barely have anything to so say. So what about was it. going on? Someone on Discord, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I forget who it was, was talking about that you need to be in like I think it was, you need to be in like Act Three to like start the DLC. Act Two. Act yeah, two? Dilly was saying that. So I did start a new game. Plus, can you not go back to your regular game save? If you have the save, you can. Like that's it's yeah I don't see yes. like I was literally like I started the new game plus and really didn't play at all so I'm assuming my saves like because you can still do a new game plus again off that same save so I was like I assume it's still I'm hoping I don't have to play up I mean it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world but I would rather avoid playing up to Act Two to have to access that yeah. DLC but how are you liking it so far I know uh, it's good Ghost of Tsushima wasn't like the highest thing in my uh, gaming peripheral peripherals I don't even know why I just said that word. They get my gaming, um, what's the word? Pantheon? Yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't like too high up on Ghost, um, but a lot of people were. So I'm, I'm, it, it looks cool so far. I, I don't have too much to say. It looks good on PS5, even though I'm playing the PS4 version of it. There was that, like, they did release that patch. Like, yeah, what, what PS- was going on here with yours wasn't working or so, something? So, like, you can't buy the DLC separately. You have to buy the PS5 version. Sony just fucking everything up. But what happens for me, a PS4 owner? I don't know. Like, Good so question. I can't even go in and just Most, buy... We'll see. Well, but, like, how... So so the $10 DLC is not available to buy. I had to buy the bundle of the PS5 upgrade and the DLC. I didn't download the PS5 upda- uh, version yet, and it went to my PS4 version. Yeah. But I thought they specifically they said that not, you... They did. Fucking Sony. Guys, no, I just that is insane. Like that makes that like actually is like that's not okay. Because then like no, it's not. And then like I'm curious. I'm afraid now. And I'm afraid now to buy the ten dollar version on my PlayStation Four and have it just not work. I I assume it would. I think you'll be okay if you can get it. But my issue is, I'm like, where's the upgrade? Oh, it literally just wouldn't even let like it wouldn't show up on the 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 store. It's not in the store. It's not on the game. I couldn't get prompted to it. Interesting. And I'm like, it has to exist, right? They fucking, uh, like, anyway. So I spent 20 more dollars than I wanted to, because I was like, I, I just want to play it on PS4, get the plat, and, like, maybe I'll just buy the $20 version and get the free plat. Yeah, who cares? But, but, well, I thought the whole idea was if you buy, like, I felt like when they were explaining this, it was like, you can either buy the DLC on its own, or you can, uh, Get the upgrade bundled with the DLC for twenty bucks, or just get the DLC for ten bucks. So, say I buy this the the DLC for this, and then I do end up getting the PlayStation Five. Would I have to spend then twenty more dollars to get the PlayStation Five version, or can I just buy the PlayStation Five version for the ten dollar upgrade? No, the DLC is the ten dollars. The PS Five version is the twenty. So it's thirty altogether. Correct. I completely misunderstood this when they announced it then. Because, like, as I felt like I was reading it when you guys were talking about it, it was like, yeah, you it's it's $20 total if you wanted to buy. So, You're getting in deep. I'm just confused. So on PS5, the, uh, the PS5 upgrade is $20 by 30. itself. No, 30 
But then the you're PS5 paying. The PS5 version is like the. But I thought if you already own like the ultimate edition. But I thought if you already owned the PlayStation 4 version, they allowed you to upgrade that for ten dollars to get to set because that was the idea. It's then seventy dollars. No, it's thirty, including the DLC. You have to buy the DLC. There's no option to not get it. But if you have the ten dollar DLC, it's supposed to be twenty, which I didn't have, so I had to pay thirty because they wouldn't let me get the DLC. Man, I completely misunderstood. Like, I felt like when I was even listening to Sacred Symbols, that's how they were explaining it. So like, I don't like that doesn't make any sense to me. So, but that like so the PS5 upgrade is thirty dollars. Yeah. From your th- fucking from when you're already paying sixty dollars for the base game, yes. so you're basically paying ninety dollars for said PlayStation Five game instead of the seventy dollars, which seems to be the base thing. Sony, you guys are fuckheads. That's insane. That's insane. Not this like is it why makes I've me actually not like it. that is actually Xbox makes the smart delivery easy. Sony like the fact that that isn't but. a free upgrade. I'm sorry, is bonkers. But it's funny because people are going to pay for it, and it's the most bought console. So it's unfortunate, and <laughs> so I can go buy the the, the upgrade for ten dollars. And no, I'm sorry, not the upgrade, the DLC for ten dollars supposedly. And then I can go when I want to get the PlayStation Five version. Say I get a PlayStation Five, I have to pay twenty more dollars to then upgrade. Yeah, that's fucked. Anyways, it's ridiculous. So I've also been <laughs> playing Resident <laughs> Evil Revelations. Uh, that's been pretty cool. I'm going through, uh, you know, still playing through Resident Evil. Four's next, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, jumping back into Guild Wars 2 recently. Been playing the Red Dead uh, single player recently. Again, trying to go back, finish those achievements up. That's that's kind of it. 12 minutes, which we'll be talking about next week. Yeah. Um, you know, we're still in like a drought period. There's nothing really out. What's um, like the next big game? Titans I've been watching. What? What's the next big game? Even trying to... I mean, 12 minutes was kind of yeah, it. Uh, exactly, yeah. September. I don't know if chat wants to help me out. Hmm. I'm um, sorry. You were saying Titans. Yeah, Titans is fucking awesome, dude. I fucking love <laughs> this season so far. I feel like HBO Max is kind of like, you know, taking the reins and is going to do good with this. They can go even dark. Like, they can they can have more liberties in certain respects, I feel like. I'm for sure a they got more audience. money. Absolutely, I'm too. I'm sure they have more money. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. So... I think that does it for what's been going on with us, I think. I don't have anything else Yeah, that's to really been it, too, for me. The old... It's just, like you said, there's not a ton coming out right now. No. Can't wait to play 12 minutes. Oh, so. I did see Old. What'd you think? Fucking fantastic. Like, I think one of my favorite Shyamalan films. That might be <laughs> a hot take, but, um, yeah, I saw that. I've been... I I've mean, definitely been seeing good things. So that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I want to see The Green Knight. I know you went to go see that. Yes. And uh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to see it. Like la- I was thinking about going to see it last night. Just ended up like, I, I think I asked Mike Lasachi to go and Tim, but like Mike ended up not doing anything. I'm like, all right, I'm fuck it. I'm just, I'll stay home and watch uh, the Evangelion rebuild movies. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what that is, so the newest, I don't, I don't know if you've seen commercials for it, but it's on Prime exclusively. What is this? This is the final Evangelion movie. Okay. Based off the hit anime, Neon Genesis Evangelion. As it is. So basically they remade the, the anime with four movies. Oh, and they started I have doing, heard about this, and actually. they started okay. doing this in 2007. Yeah. So the first movie, which I watched last night, is basically a retread of the first six episodes. Okay. And then the second one, it gets different. And it's basically going it, like, to... It's basically like... Uh, 
Hideki Anno's like full vision of it because basically with the anime they ran out of money and he didn't get to do, do what, what he, he wanted, wanted to, do. to do. So, but the last movie just came out, which is on Prime. Okay. Um, and that is the end. They're done. Like they're never wow. making any Evangelion. I feel like Evangelion's like one of those animes that it's like it's up there. It's like you know. In the I always hear about animes. it. That's definitely yeah. like when I hear about yeah. people talking about animes. Evangelion's usually in the same breath. It's it's good. I I it's like that and like, fuck. I'm trying to even now. I'm like Naruto and stuff. Like I don't know. Like so is I feel that like is, it's Attack on even, Titan, like Naruto, Full Metal Alchemist, yeah. Cowboy Bebop. That's again all these ones that like. I can't name off the top of my head, but I hear them all the time. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's definitely that's interesting. I don't know if you would like it, but I think you might in- enjoy. I and do the like, anime is like big, a, like Evangelion's like big robots, twenty right? some episodes. Yeah, okay. It's kids I, I like pilot, big robots. It's, it's kids yeah. who pilot uh, Max. Okay, I like that's big Max. A, that's the ba- base premise, but it gets fucking off the rails. I like it. Anyway, trio. Hit us with our topic. Uh, give us the intro as to what we're doing so, because again, I've been left in the dark on this. I don't really know exactly what's going on. Trio is yeah. going to. Fill us in. So we were talking, we were been doing our Halo re-3s, obviously, and we were talking about Halo 1's yeah. development. Absolutely. And, like, the tumultuous kind of development that went through. And, like, the, the issues... Oh, you mean, that, you mean two? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, two. And and kind of just all the, the issues they hit. And I was like, man, are we interesting to talk about different, like, hellish game development cycles? And as I was doing research, I was just like, there's a lot. And, like, I could... there's there's And to compile all this would be a little bit time too much and time-consuming. So I chose one game's hellish development cycle that I think we both the game we both enjoy okay and also i think it's a it's a pretty well-known incident and one of pro- probably the most the earliest experiences with that i hear that we've heard about maybe like crunch in video game industries like one of the earlier things that i can remember even talking about it okay but uh we're here to discuss the tumultuous development of la noir Rockstar's, oh uh, yeah <laughs> so team bondy yeah, yeah i uh, before you even go into it, I do know the story of of Team Bondi and LA Noir's like viciously yeah, I think horrible. It is Team Bondi, actually. Bondi, yeah, Team Bondi, Bondi, Bondi. It's Australian, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I I have heard some the recounts. I don't know it's super in depth, but I know LA Noir had like a fucking horrible development, and it ended up Team. Not that LA Noir didn't do well, but it, it resulted in in Team Bondi or Bond. Bond, Team Bondi. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm, very, a, I'm gonna say Bondi. Do whatever you feel. I'm yeah. gonna say Bondi. Yeah. They don't exist anymore. Team <laughs> Team Bondi went under because of this. Yes. Well, yeah. and it's so. As far as I was reading, it's not necessarily because La Noir didn't do well because it did very well. Com- yeah, I didn't know, com- I, I critically didn't and was, commercially. It yeah. did fairly well. Yeah. It was more of this controversy that surrounded it, just kind of completely. I think tainted, just the name, and, and right. really they were like, we can't even operate because they were. I'll get into it. What happens to them after this, and and, and once what happens to the, the people, the, the the leaders of of Team Bondi and all that stuff. But it's interesting for sure. Yeah, and I and I guess before you jump into it, kind of like explaining, like yeah, mm-hmm. like we had a conversations. I think Cyberpunk really started the conversation of like we should talk about our trio was like we should talk about games that have kind of like gone had through shitty like developments, rough developments. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we don't know everything about Cyberpunk yet. It's still kind of like trickles, right? But it's still kind of like. A, a new thing, sure. In a way, where so it's, like, one of the, it's just one of the most recent examples. And like we talked about Halo Two on the Re Three podcast, you can check them out on the, our podcast feed. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, we're currently like kind of watching Halo possibly go through, through that. Yeah. Through, not go through it, but like hoping they don't they go don't, through it. It doesn't look back and see. We don't look back and see that. Yeah. Right. And there's like all these games that have, have come out that 
like you kind of hear like have bad development cycles and some of them come out on top and some of them don't um and yeah i I think that was a good call because i think we would have like some of these stories are lengthy like to get into like what what exactly like like what from point a to point b to point c i couldn't be like i couldn't do them all the service truly like to just try and go and like right if we point everything but um it's fun like this one it doesn't even necessarily doesn't even look like there was like a specific thing that like made this really happen it was more of just the overall attitude of this developer and just the people at the top of the corporate ladder it seems but uh yeah we'll just get right into it so the basics for you uh team bondi developed la noir the development started in 2004 uh what yeah you didn't know that no yeah so concepts holy shit so it was after uh what's his name uh, brendan mcnamara who is the who was the the lead developer at uh I guess he's like game director, I should say, at Team Bandai. He came from uh, Team Soho, I think, and they did this like Team Soho. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I forget the name of the, the so, game that they did before. It was Sopa. Soto Sopa. Yeah, at Kenny's house. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, he started this company uh, actually at the same time as uh, Team Bandai, which was called Depth Analysis, which was actually responsible for c- creating the motion capture which they use in uh, the game for basically... Which was utterly mo- revolutionary at the time. It was. Uh, it's, it's actually called motion scan, was what they called it. I, I remember when, uh, before I got L.A. Noir and, like, a lot of the advertisement and marketing around L.A. Noir was the fact that, like, their face, you know, like, you're... De- you're getting all this you're, you're, detail, you're, yeah. You're a detective, and you have to read people's faces and what they're doing and what so, they're yeah, not actually, doing. That's a good... So we'll, we'll get into the start of just giving you the basics of what this game is. I assume a lot of you have heard of it. But so yeah. uh, basically, the story you assume the role of marine of a former marine. His name is Cole Phelps. He starts his batch career twelve forty seven. Batch twelve forty seven. He starts his uh, <laughs> career as a beat cop and slowly moves his way up the ladder to detective. All the while, you're solving crimes uh, that are actually apparently based on specifically like period accurate L.A. case files of the time, as well as major cases like the Black, Black Dahlia, Dahlia murders and like yeah. things Once like you that. Get to- is it the I think murder desk? I think it is murder. What? Yeah, you like it's after vice. You, I thought you go through right? traffic, is, oh no. vice, arson, murder, homicide. Yeah, uh, the homicide desk. So you like I, Ellie Noir just did like I I haven't played the remaster of it, but obviously I played it when it first came out, and it's like one of those games that I'm just like I fucking love Ellie Noir. Um, I feel I like it, it's one of those Rockstar games that kind of doesn't get the spotlight compared to Red Dead and GTA. I mean, absolutely, it's kind of like the next level low. I would agree. And then you know, L.A. Noir is kind of at the bottom of those four. Yeah. So this was set in 1947. Uh, they used L.A. as the backdrop. They painstakingly recreated it. Apparently, it's it's apparently as close as they could get to what it w- was like back then, which is it's very interesting. Um, yeah, they wanted to create a game that was on par with GTA. They originally were starting to develop this with uh, Sony, but they ended up blowing out their budget. And As Sony an exclusive? Was, I th- it looked like it, yeah. This is Team Bonnie. Yeah. Okay. And then they were also, I guess, like, they were blowing out their budget that Sony had set up. So, like, they were like, mm, and then Rockstar came in and were like, we'll take over and, and we'll be your publisher and we'll right, help you we'll out and stuff it. like that. Yeah. And obviously a lot of name recognition came with that and a lot of so pressure. So this game started being developed on the PS2. PS3. They didn't even know what the technology yet was oh, yet. So, they, so they were like developing in, it for in next the gen. In rows of 2004, they were building it for basically the next, the next gen at that point. Yeah, yeah. Which is is really interesting. So, yeah, a little uh, background. Team Bondi was founded by uh, Brendan McNamara in 2000, early 2004. 
Uh, it was originally set up as a PlayStation exclusive, like I said, but it ended up going with Rockstar. Uh, the first full-length trailer was released in 2006 uh, and garnered a ton of attention, and apparently people were all over it, but it was m- nothing really more than a proof of concept. came out in 2011? Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's still... It's far out. I could not have told you that. No, I would not have. But again, I'm looking at this... Tra- like, if you look it up, doesn't even look sort of like what it is i might have to like it's yeah. it's like a cut you if you do yourself a favor check it out it just doesn't it's basically like i said it's it was a proof of concept at the, there wasn't even really any game development done on the project yet it was more of like so what's the trailer is the trailer is like it's no it's it is but like it's like an in-engine kind of game i don't even know how to describe it like is it like a like a real-time render yeah it looks like, like a it. better render like obviously it's not the in-game graphics no. it's like a it's, cinematic it's a little trailer. bit better but like but again by the time that you get to it in 2011 it looks way better than what this con like this trailer looks like it's not because you're like looking at almost like early 2000 like early gta 4 like uh graphics no probably even let like not even as good as that like it, it really did not look great uh but yeah, the first full-length trailer, like I said, was released in 2006. Uh, Rockstar putting their stamp of approval on it really garnered a lot of attention and really kind of put it on the map. Uh, aside from wanting to make the game on the level of GTA, uh, he wanted to do so using that motion scan technology that we were talking about. And apparently he put it maybe a little bit too much time into that, Rob McNamara. Like he was very concerned with this like technical aspect and they they were trying to get it developed to this point where they just wanted that detail in the face like we were talking about so they developed the motion uh the uh motion scan uh it could process 50 minutes of motion capture per day which highly exceeded industry standards apparently at the time but i mean there were a, a few drawbacks cuz you basically just had to they sat you in a chair you had 32 cameras right. on a rig around isn't, you right this isn't this isn't typical motion capture no. this is this is a little bit different so Maybe to give some background, not that I'm an expert on this, you know, I guess take sure. what I say with a grain of salt. Yeah. A lot of games use motion packer, use motion capture. I like motion packer better, but back in the day. So, like, for example, like Metal Gear Solid 2, like on the PS2, uses motion capture. Like, it was a thing. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't as much it, for faces at that point yet, right? Right. Yeah. Not, and it wasn't, you know, I, I, I feel like a lot of top level studios were using it. Not every studio was probably doing motion capture, but. A lot of a lot of them did, so it did exist. Yeah, but, but it this was definitely is, very new. This is detailed just within your your face. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I, sorry, no, go ahead. Just to interrupt you real quick, because I remember seeing what's the what's the fucking actor's name that plays Cole Phelps? Aaron Madden? No, Aaron Stan- Staten. Yeah, he's in Mad Men. Yeah. Um, I there are there are trailers of like all the actors sitting in a chair doing the lines like yeah. they're not moving so they can't they're and basically filming perfectly. from here up right on your face you're in the soundproof lightproof uh room they have all these lights shining on every single side of your face so that you don't cast any shadows or anything like that and the idea was that it would eliminate that back-end idea of needing a, a programmer or, or a designer to come in and, and smooth over the face and make it and like do the final touches it was more just like plug and play you can plug this on top of your your character but they were using regular motion capture for the like uh, arms and legs and your body, obviously. Right, the actor, the but actors like, probably weren't doing that. But they would have to basically, like I said, sit in this chair. You're here. The Stanton was saying, Stanton was saying, you could only move your head about 45 degrees, and you just had to stay. So what's 45 degrees? I like? guess basically, I assume like this like much, this? like truly. Like you like, couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't really. No, you can't. Like yeah. so, it's weird. To th- I didn't really think about that. They were basically just filming these guys separate and then placing 
that head on a model. On a model. That wasn't them. Yeah. yeah. So, like, motion capture now is, like, you know, they're standing and, and doing it. Yeah. And, and like, they're recording that know, more in real everything. time. And then you have someone come in in the After Effects and make the faces look better on top of the motion capture. But, like, yeah. It, it, back then, this was very interesting and, and different and weird. But, I mean, it... It was a lot smoother and it cost a lot less time, but at the same time, it presented a new set of kind of issues and, and such. Like, uh, sure, some of the stuff that they were talking about, like I said, Satan said you could only move your head about forty-five degrees. Uh, every character had to be fully animated and voiced, uh, including random pedestrians. Apparently, so like I, I kind of was confused on what. So like, I guess even in the scene, you'd have to have them come in and do that hours and sit in there and maybe use time to do so. So I, even even random NPCs were you. Were, were cast actors and stuff wow. like that. And apparently huh. caused a major problem when it came to casting and stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds like a huge fucking issue. Yeah, and like, again, you have to get these people to sit in this chair very still. And one thing I was reading online was like, for some reason, the Aust- like this was developed mostly in Australia. I, I should yeah. preface that. And one of the biggest game developments, if not the biggest game developments done in Australia. Uh, and they were talking about the Australian actors trying to do American accents. And for so- they were just like, I can't just sit in a chair and act. Like, this is like... I need to be, like, using my body. I need to be, like... They were just having a lot of issues finding people to just be, like, I'm going to sit in my chair and deliver my lines well, but, like, basically from... I, but I can't move. But I can't move. I can't put my body really into anything. It's it's interesting, and I will say, I didn't really feel like I noticed that when I was playing. I never really noticed. I was like, oh, these people were... Like, it, it feels like the bodies and everything are, like... Everything is, is lined up the way it should be, and we're not seeing any weird uh, collapses in, in, like, I don't know, the reality. But... Yeah, it was, it was in a soundproof, lightproof room. Yeah, he spent a lot of time on this technology. He really was, like, focused McNamara. He was very focused for some reason on, like, getting past that uncanny valley of, like, oblivion where it zooms in on your face and it's just, like, non it's not lining up. does and, like, have a sense of uncanny valley. It does Most bit, games yeah. don't. But L.A. Noir, I, I kind of I get it, even though I, I, I don't think it breaks anything for me. I, there I, are some I, scenes I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Yeah, like some, I don't know. I think it's the mouth. I think it's in the mouth. It is, and it's the even it's the, the way eye, like, the mouth moves, and you know. I will say the eyes actually don't look. That, it's teeth. You know what? Like for when it comes to a lot of character models, I said I heard. I don't remember who said this, but I thought it was a very good point. Like teeth are still, especially now, even still, like teeth are weird. They don't like that's one. It's if one thing is off, obviously that's the uncanny valley. It's weird, and you don't like looking at it as a human being, and. If just even something as little as just like your eyes or like you're saying the mouth is off, you're going to take me out of that. For those who don't know, Uncanny Valley is when animation or, or like a 3D CGI, render. CGI, yeah, something. Yeah, it, it's super lifelike to the point where it's like makes you uncomfortable. Well, it's so like a good example, Polar Express is kind of Uncanny Valley territory. Well, a lot no, of people it's more Uncanny like Valley is more that it's not quite there. Like right. you're recognizing it's, it's, that it's, it's so, not. Right. It, it's, it's so it's real. It's so close, yeah. but like there's just not off. quite yet yeah. there that uh, yeah, your I, mind I, can't really. I explained that a little wrong. No, yeah. it's okay. It's, it's, so, it's trying to be so real, but there's something that is. It's just can't make it. Taking it off of being real that and makes you feel uncomfortable. And you can't quite put your finger on it, maybe even. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I thought that was very interesting. But, uh, again, when it came to, through this development, it just seemed like there was a ton of just misdirection. And this McNamara, Robert, Brendan McNamara had, like, a bunch of, he had, like, he apparently ruled with a bit of an iron fist in the way of, like, everything had to be approved by him. Everything had to go through him. He was expecting everyone to be there when he was there, when he wasn't there. I, they I, had, like, I heard about this. So, yeah, like, I'll, I'll just get right into it. The working conditions of Team Bondi were, by all accounts, not great from everyone. Like, so, 
there were just awful work hours, not much direction in the way of what they were doing, especially in the beginning. Like, they were just kind of sitting there going, like, what's the concept? What are we doing? Like, I get we're, like, doing this detective story. They wanted to use their own engine, not Rockstar's Rage engine, uh, which is their, like, proprietary tech. Uh, and many of the, sta- uh, the staff leads were picked from Team Soho, uh, his old, uh, McNamara's old team. And they kind of came in with this... It seems like a bit more laissez-faire attitude, but at the same time, they, they wanted it ran the way they wanted it ran. And, like, it just wasn't jiving with it, the way... I mean, industry how industry standards, obviously, should be. But uh, there was a large staff turnover rate. It's just people were talking about just feeling like they were in a perpetual crunch. It just was never ending. Uh, an artist with 12 years profes- uh, in a... With professional... with Jesus. An artist with 12 years of professional experience, not necessarily in games said this uh they created a below junior uh position a graduate junior i I think so they could pay them less and push people around uh team bondi was the first and last development company that he and that he worked for and he said i don't want another job in the game industry because of my time with team bondi which is like interesting to think like the amount of people they apparently were just turning over day in and day out was like insane He's like, I, he, he said basically because of his experience at Team Bondi, he would never work in video games ever again. And again, these are anecdotal, but like this just comes down to the thing of like, this closed down their studio. And like this, there seems to be a lot of cooperation and this just seems to be like, it just was not a good place to work. A, a former programmer says that during his three years tenure at the studio, uh, they had a quote, massive turnaround, especially in the coding department. Out of the 45 people that no longer worked at the studio, 11 were fired. And out of the 34 that actually decided to leave, 24 of those or 25 of those were coders. So most of whom had no job to go to, but they thought unemployment was better than working at Team Bondi. Um, which is, it's just sad. Uh, all 11 uh, ex employees who went on the record uh, blame many of Team Bondi's problem on the studio's leadership. One programmer dis- uh, cited unrealistic goals, unre- unreasonable deadlines, and verbally abusive behavior. And again, like, it's funny, you talk, like, they talk to McNamara, and he's kind of, he's kind of like, well, we're running a shit, like, it's not even necessarily like a, like, no, that didn't have, it's like, well, you know, we want stuff done, we get it done, like, it was just like, he's like, that's what we do, like, and like, and then he was saying, like, how a lot of it was kind of blown out of proportion, but, um, uh, in March of 2007, a, cor- a corporate team building company named Leading Teams was invited to the studio to address employee discontent and high turnover, according to one source. Uh, while the team members were able to air their grievances, others were fearful that uh, retribution would come their way if they uh, didn't. Contr- uh, if they said they didn't, oh, I'm sorry. If they did contribute to the session, so again, it was like more of like they just didn't know what would happen if they actually. So, did. so they were bad conditions. Uh, McNamara was kind of saying they're not bad conditions. This is just how we do. This things. is how games work. Yeah. I I guess somebody at higher up had to. And he was entertain the the fact that there were people not having a good time at the company clearly and leaving and firing and and they seem to just not people really going care. in and out. They brought in an outside company and then they said if you like, it just perpetuate th- the fact that things are bad here to these guys while they're here. You're it doesn't get in seem trouble. like it's not necessarily that like they said that. Just people were too. They're like, I, I'm gonna get fired if I say anything. Like they, they had right. fear of retribution. They it's not necessarily that the they were like they said, don't hey. say anything you right. fuckheads. They were like. Listen, I, they probably saw Johnny down the street get fired for doing the same thing. So why are they? That's, and they find something that's else. Crazy. No, it's 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 really insane. Uh, of the three years uh, that the artist spent at Team Bondi or Bondi, I, I, yeah, he worked a sixty-hour week on average that uh, to meet each development milestone. Around one per month, he says his workload would jump between 
around once per month, uh, his workload would jump between 80 to 110 hours per week for a period of one to two weeks at a time. Wow. I mean, that so means like... Normal so, work week is obviously 40 hours. I think most people know that. Yeah. So, how the fuck would you double a work week? You would almost have to be nonstop working. Like, that's, that's the other thing. And it's then like, doing weekends. Yeah. Like, that's essentially, like... You'd be 80, working all the way through. 80 to 100 hours essentially means you're working all day and all night. What would what would 10 hours a day be? 10 times 7, that's 70. So you'd have to be working, basically, yeah, all day, every day. So what's 15 times 7? I don't know. That's, that's about 100. Yeah, that's at least... Yeah, so, like, that's... You're literally... So you're probably doing, like, 10 to 13-hour days... Of work a day, yeah. Including weekends. And it just seems like that was expected. McNamara seemed uh, to see all things differently. He said, quote, we all work the same hours. People don't work any <laughs> longer hours than I do. I don't turn up at 9 a.m. So he's working and go up at 5 a.m. to go them. to the beach. Yeah. I'm here at the same hours of everyone, as everyone else. We're making stuff that's never been made for, before, he asserted. We are making the type of game that has never been made before. We are making it with new people and new technology, people who are committed to put whatever hours in that they need to. That's like almost like fanaticism behind the uh, the ideology. It's just so weird. But again, you're so uh, committed. Like yeah. Subscribe to and thinks that everyone else and this is how should it should subscribe be. to and yeah, like that, I want to kill crazy. myself with work, so you should also have to want to kill yourself with work. Right. And it's it's insane. But I mean, finally, after all this time and all and all this just tumultuous bullshit. They finally got the game out in 2011. Uh, in early August of 2011, it was reported that Team Bondi was seeking a buyer, with McNamara being seen around the offices of Australian film studio head Kennedy uh, Miller Mitchell. Uh, he was believed to negotiate the acquisition deal. Uh, on August 9th, Kennedy Miller Mitchell announced that they had acquired all of Team Bondi's assets as well as the intellectual property that the, of the game that McNamara was presently writing a script for. All employees, 35 at the time, uh, were given an opportunity Ooh. to move. 35 people left. 35 at the... No, all of the employees... There were only 35 employees. At Team Bondi. At this point. Yeah, but uh, do you have any numbers on what they so were that's what, so, so Team Bondi... So, okay, I actually... No, I don't have... How many actually went? No, no, no. How many... What were the mo Like, what, what were was the, the numbers during development? I, it seemed to fluctuate a lot. Like okay, between so, like fifty yeah. to one hundred, yeah. Right, I guess we were saying that, so I guess there was probably. And no then once it, Rockstar was involved, they had supplementary like right. studios Rockstar helping to work helping. on it and sure. things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So too. there was some of that, but yeah, they they announced they had acquired they had acquired Team Bondi assets as well as intellectual property. Like I said, all the employees, the thirty five at the time, were given the opportunity to move to Kennedy Miller Mitchell for future employment. Uh, I don't know how many of them actually went. That was probably probably would have been a good number to get. But, uh, team I mean, that might not even be an available. Yeah, that's true. It's exactly true. Uh, team Bondi uh, was placed into administration uh, on... What is that? Team Bondi was placed into administration... I guess everyone was placed on administrative leave. I think that's what it was supposed to say. So they were placed on administrative leave uh, on the 31st of August in 2011. At the request of Team Bondi's uh, creditors, the company entered liquidation on October 5th, 2011. The liquidator handled the sales of Team Bondi's remaining assets and payment of outstanding debts. Would you like to hear about the debts? Sure. <laughs> Team Bondi owed over 40 creditors as much as uh, $1,400,000. Yes, $1.4 $1. million Australian uh, in unpaid uh, with unpaid wages 
or bonuses accounting for over 75% of those debts. That's crazy. 33 staff credited for their work on L.A. Noir were owed a combined of one point, yeah, like about $1.1 million in unpaid wages and Holy bonuses. Holy shit. Amongst those, McNamara claimed to be owed uh, $102 million. Uh, General Manager Vicky Jesus. Lord, uh, but I was a hundred for some reason that's a, that was in U.S. 102 million Australia or U.S. dollars, and then the General Manager Vicky Lord was owed nine hundred ninety-nine thousand uh, in Australian, uh, and the lead gameplay programmer David Hieronymus uh, was owed forty-three thousand Australian. Uh, depth analysis was also reported to be owed. Uh, $145,000 as well. That's crazy. So that's you're probably doing these hours like and a, you're not even getting paid. And people are just sitting there just dealing with it. I mean, truly, this is one of, like, when I was reading about it, I was like, oh, this is, like, classic. And it's and it's crazy to think of, I mean, I don't know how well-regarded L.A. Noir is now. I feel like it's an interesting one where you bring it up to most people, but I, I fully, I highly regard it, for sure. I really enjoy the game. Yeah, Intrusion Chat says um, 1.4 million in Australian would be just under one million USD today, so it's probably not <laughs> wow. They too, went under. Probably not went down. Jesus. Yeah, I, I would assume. I guess yeah, ours is worth more than Australia. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense actually. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's insane. Like truly, like I, I I don't know how. And again, at the end, he like McNamara was just blank. Like it didn't seem like he was just like this brand is tarnished. We have to move. Uh, yeah, I heard a lot about Brendan McNamara. He was like when I, from what I what I knew before this, like he was kind like it was him. He was the issue. He seemed um, just like he just seemed to not give a shit. And Rockstar, or he give a shit so, too much in some ways. So does Rockstar own La Noir? You know, because I was gonna say, how did that port get made? Like there was a remaster that just. I came believe out. they own that IP. Right. I, I I'd assume that because when you said that this uh, this film company whatever in Mitchell like acquired their assets, I was like, okay, like their asset is L.A. Noir. Like, what is? Um, they have to own it. Yeah. There's no way Rockstar doesn't own it. Yeah. Yeah. So Rockstar, okay. Yeah, that seemed they do. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That man. It just seemed like a really insanely fucked up situation. Yeah. And, like, I mean, seven years of development, which isn't even that crazy of a long period of time, really. There's been some games. I mean, Rockstar worked on Red Dead 2 for, like, ten years or eight years. And I, and I, I, I had also heard that Rockstar also, like... Has a bit of a crunch issue. That and, like, they didn't do anything to help. Apparently. Oh, I see. I, I've I've heard that Rockstar also. Yeah, it's didn't funny when I was reading stuff on this. I didn't I, I didn't even think to really look into that. I didn't see a ton of people talking about that. Rockstars. Rockstars like what POV. they could have necessarily. But again, it's it's not necessarily Rockstars not necessarily Rockstars' job to be the human resources department. They just own them. Like their 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 human resources yeah. should be on top of that. Like because they're just they're just know. they're just a publisher. At the end of the day, they're not like the. I don't know how that works necessarily, but I do think that kind of onus falls on the company to have an HR department. I'm, I'm thinking. Um, I would imagine, let's take Bioware, for example. They're owned by EA. I would imagine if things were going wrong at Bioware, EA would step, step in. in. So, yeah, I don't Rockstar know. had to have been known the, these issues have been going on. And they just weren't doing anything about it. And I mean, that kind of checks out with, you know, we had, there's been, there were a lot of conversations around Red Dead Redemption 2 and, and its crunch. And um, 
I, I forget exactly what the stories were, but I know Jason Shry was writing a lot about it, and uh, that makes sense. That kind of checks out. If, if oh, Rockstar does, yeah. was letting a lot of crunch happen, yeah, I'm sure they, they did it with Team Bondi. I'm sure they did it with their own teams. I'm sure they just let it happen. I definitely don't think that's unfair to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just seemed like a very interesting and just strange idea like that this could do so well and then just off the back they're like we're gonna burn it and I, I i don't know if that do you think i'd ever visit la noir do you think i do you think i are you no, do you think they would no not even no i'm I, saying uh, no dude, i'm saying I, do you think I, rockstar would ever revisit the i LA would noir? love to get another game like that I, I don't necessarily think we need a sequel to la noir la yeah. noir is like a very like i like and like think about this what all we just said. Ellie Noir turned out to be a pretty fucking good game. Oh, it did. Really good narrative, really good story, really um, interesting characters, really differently written. I like, agree. Cole Phelps is written, like, very interestingly. Well, but again, like, you, I just you, think like, that love is... love him at one point, and then you hate him, and then it's like, is, is Cole Phelps a good guy or bad guy? And you never one really One thing get the I have to, to give Rockstar credit for is recognizing good... Like, they didn't necessarily develop this narrative. or But, like, they saw... A potential. Good, a potential and a great narrative possibility out of this. Just the way, like, I mean, I still think, hands down, Arthur Morgan is my favorite, one of my favorite protagonists in video games. Uh, like, maybe even top three, maybe top, maybe number one. I think that there's something to writing a character like that that makes you really get invested. And Rockstar does recognize that. And I, yeah, I don't even, know. Even though this isn't like a Rockstar proper game, no. it sure as hell Not feels even in their like engine. It. Yeah. But it, it, like, again, I would never have guessed that this wasn't in their regular engine. It feels like it still so has what, that same weight. Do you know weight. what their engine is? I can't remember what it you was. You said like, it was called Rage. Oh yeah, Rage Rocks. Uh, it's it's, it's, is a, that it's an what, acronym. Is that what everything is made in? Yeah, it's what most of their stuff. Uh, the Rage engine, a short for Rockstar Advanced Game Engine. Ah, yeah, clever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they've been using that forever, and I mean, they just actually announced a bunch of upgrades, like in their last. Uh, I mean, I. They're making their first next gen game. No, I know. Well, it's gonna have to be a little bumped up. It's just interesting to see how like I wonder. I have no idea what GTA Six is gonna look like, and I know we're all like everyone keeps talking about it. I mean, talk about a. I talk mean, about now a Dan Hauser's gone too, so it's like Rockstar has been changing a lot. Um, He's starting since, his own company though, which is nice. So, but and and that's Rockstar has always been such an enigma. I feel I know. like they still are. They're such an unknownly known. Well, they studio. just know that that's well. They don't hear what's going on at Rockstar. They're very tight lipped. Yeah, they are extra, and they and they know if something gets out, they don't find, like. I remember the Red Dead Two map leaked. I think I remember like that. years before it happened, and like I think it was pretty successfully like debunked. Like they kind of like that's nothing. Like and ever, and it was it was the exact it, it, it was like an earlier version of it. Sure, but it was it was Just absolutely the map. the map. It was yeah. like yeah, it showed Saint Denis, it showed Arma, uh, uh, or fucking Annisburg and stuff at the top, and like Valentine. There was also a few extra spots in there that I guess were taken out. But um, yeah, yeah, no, the, it's it's weird. You get these, you get such sparse stuff from Rockstar that you don't know what to believe. Yeah, like because there have been That's a bunch why of every GTA time Six. I hear GTA Six something, and I'm like, I don't believe it. There have been a few consistent ones that seem to be that look to be accurate, like the Vice City thing, and, and that they oh uh, the remasters. No, well that, but also that it seems that GTA Six is going to be in Vice City and be this kind of expanding map. That seems yeah. to be pretty. I I don't definitive. know. Somewhat definitive, I would say. Uh, but again, it's just so hard to read what ones are real because like. 
they have such a tight lip over there. They really do. I mean, I've, yeah. I remember reading. They, they don't. They don't go to E3. No. They they do everything on their own time when they want to do it, how they want to do it. Like nobody. And again, because they can do it, questions it. Yeah. Right. They they have this. Uh, I want to say staying power, but that might not be. No, the right I think that makes term. sense. So. They have they have this uh, aura, this this kind of like presence in the industry that Rockstar does whatever they want and fuck anyone else. And like they're not like they're not like aggressive about it, but like they just do what they want when they want it, not when the industry tells them they need to do it. Like a, like E three, but like look at somebody like Kojima. Kojima could do whatever he wants, but Kojima loves the award shows. I was gonna say he, he, loves, he loves talking. He present. likes he likes kind of hinting towards what's coming next. You know? Right, and he, and, he, like, and he makes the circuit. He yeah. goes does interviews. Like Again, my only hope like, that's not a rock star thing. With GTA six, I just hope Hauser wrote all like because they are. They write satire. So, who were the brothers? The, the, the Hauser brothers. And the other one died, right? I, I believe so. I don't know for sure, though. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, recently. Yeah, I th hold on. Let me see. Yeah, I... Like, at least 2019. I'll put money on that. Like, Hauser brother death. You probably should find it. Dan Hauser. Hmm. Brothers, death. Oh, I'm seeing Dan Hauser, Sam Hauser. Born nineteen seven. No, I think they're still alive, Gooch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did somebody die from Rockstar recently? Um, <laughs> I feel like somebody died. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. So I'm just hoping GTA Six is just written out at least. I mean, it has. To. I feel like that's one of the first things they finish is the script. Like for those types of games, but like I don't know, I I, I don't know, man. They they he they write satire, like on the level of the the South Park guys, in my opinion. In sure. video, like I really think they have this like way of communicating a narrative that's like outrageous, but also heartfelt. Especially when it comes to like GTA, where it was like I think Red Dead's much more earnest writing, and it's more like truly about like the you know the Cowboys' journey, whatever. But like GTA Five is more ridiculous and fun but and, it still and has all that is in the dna of l.a noir it's like it is. you know there's a lot of satire in l.a noir in a way like in a very light way mm -hmm. but like you know the whole game isn't serious there's a lot of goofing goofiness to some of the cases and absolutely shit. but then like you know it's about world war ii vets and how we're coming, coming back to coming back and acclimating to real life and being cops and you know, drugs coming back from from the war yep. and stuff. It's you know, it's a it's it's an it's an interesting people, take. Oh no, I guess this is no. This would have been the time where people do like people from the army still. I was gonna say, and like Vietnam was when you were coming back. No, yeah, like, people yeah. like people from the army. From me at this yeah, point, yeah. Vietnam is a different is, yeah. story. But uh, yeah, so that about covers it on the development of L.A. Noir. I just thought it was a very tumultuous story, and just it sucks. But it's I'm like happy we have this game. I guess I guess that's at least right. A bit I mean, of like team a, that uh, it's kind of shitty to say. That suffering wasn't for nothing. I know, it was but a good at game. Least you need to find a bit of a silver lining, at least, especially in a situation as shitty like that. You know, that. got it remastered. It's on Switch. It's it's pretty much on everything right now. You I, I own the on Xbox. The yeah, I, I I should think about replaying La Noir. Uh, I watched some streams of it recently, not recently, within like the last year probably. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, La Noir is a game that I, I would like to go back to at some point, maybe. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. Well. Gooch, I think this has been a lot of fun, guys. Thank you so much for watching us with us live. If you've been with us on twitch.tv slash Delco Nerd Network, we are on all your favorite social media podcasts and 
not podcasts, platforms and all that good stuff. At Delco Nerds, we have a Facebook page. Just give our name a search on there, as well as a fun Discord channel where you can talk about, I don't know, Rockstar and some other things from time to time. Uh, all this information can be found on our website, DelcoNerdNetwork.com. We have an email as well, DelcoNerds at gmail.com. You can email us comments, questions, or concerns. We would be happy to get back to you. But for Gooch, I've been Trio. Thanks for watching, guys. Stay nerdy, and we will see you next time. We'll